Welcome to Factor Magri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week, I talk with farmers and industry professionals to hear their stories and expert opinions on various industry-related matters that are relevant to both our farming and our urban communities. In this episode, I'm talking with Richard Kite from Thriving Southland. Thriving Southland is a community-led group with a vision to create a prosperous Southland, healthy people, and a healthy environment. By working together, Thriving Southland's communities are aiming for a better future for all by protecting Southland's prosperity, heritage, environment and health. Let's check in with Richard now. Hello Richard, thank you for your time today. Well, thanks Angus, it's uh, yeah, good to be here. Please can you tell me about the line of work you're in and your involvement in Thriving Southland? Yep. So, so the 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 line of work I'm in is probably it's working with um, the rural sector, the primary sector, and and rural communities, and it's um, it's around um, having a voice in in the sp- space around change. Um, got involved probably in 2012 with uh, helping uh, with farmers um, create. The first catchment groups in Southland, uh, and that was around uh, you know being involved in uh, regional plans and changes that were happening, but also coming at it from a, a ground up approach, and and that's how I got involved in Thriving Southland. And Thriving Southland came about um, group of cross sectoral farmers about three years ago got together. Um, similar space to where things are now, with a lot of policy and policy changes and. Um, a whole lot of noise coming at farmers and uh, a lot of farmers in a negative space. And it was about how do we um, put a positive uh, angle with this? It's got to be a positive approach to, to change or or dealing with the challenges that are, are coming at farmers. And that's where Thriving South and Kane came about. Yeah. And your involvement, are you uh, the project lead in, in Thriving South? And what's your role there? Yes, I'm the project lead. Um, Basically, um, there's a team of uh, catchment coordinators. We've got um, uh, a senior catchment coordinator and four, um, and, and a total of four coordinators who actually go out and, and work with um, catchment groups throughout Southland. As I think when we uh, took over, there were um, from New Zealand Landcare Trust. There were uh, they'd done a good job and there were 18 catchment groups and we're now looking at 25 26 groups it just keeps growing and people just love being involved um at a at a local level with um with their own catchments and understanding them yeah now what is the science report in relation to thriving south and and why is it important so um when we set up thriving south and it is a ground up model so we we really listen to farmers in the communities and say, well, what, what do you want? What do you need? Uh, what's really important to you? Uh, and we, we went out quite a few times and ran workshops and ran surveys and talked to them. And, and consistently it came back, things they want, wanted from Thriving South and was that support that we've just talked about um, because it's hard out there when you've got a, most of the... Uh, um, most people have a full-time job and are involved yeah. in catchment groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's they want they needed the support around that uh, and structure and 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 there was I mean there's some great groups out there that already already had that and then it's about um, 
passing that information between groups. So everybody doesn't have to reinvent the wheel about how to make a, a group run well. Uh, but the, the, the second thing on the list was with science. We actually want to know um, what 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 our water quality is like. What you know what science is out there. Um, and there was a whole lot of information. There's a whole lot of reports. Environment South and have reports. There's reports from um, other organisations around water quality science in in, in Southland, and um, but not translated really. Um, and I I would say that you know I, I like to be able to pick something up and read it through. Um, and if I don't, you probably picked up the odd science report, Angus, and they're not yeah. the easiest things to read. So right. um, we got them all completed and put into a. Uh, yeah, South, so we came out with a Southland Science Report, which was taking all the, the these separate reports on different places and different parts of water quality, and um, just in, not our view on it, but just pulling it together and saying, well, this is what it what it says. So somebody can pick it up and, and read it with a reasonable level of understanding. Which yeah, that's really interesting, uh, Richard. And how can I access the Science Report? Uh, so the science uh, report is on the Thriving Southland website, um, and uh, or you just contact Thriving Southland. Uh, any one of the coordinators, also their contact details are on the uh, on the website. Mm. Yeah, our catchment groups have copies uh, as well. So. Okay, great. Um, what other Thriving Southland resources are available to catchment groups, farmers, and the wider community? I think um, one of the main resources we have is the the assistance on the ground uh, to 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 help with with groups. We help them with um, databases for um, their their groups. Quite often, they're um, you know somebody knows all the people, mm-hmm. but it's not written down anywhere. So that sort of stuff um, is quite in, informal in in some places. Uh, so we we can help them put that together. Uh, help them with um, just. Uh, prop meet, meeting structures so everybody's getting out of the meetings what they want um, but also uh, I think one of the big resources we have is when a group says we're really interested in a certain topic uh, that we'll go away and find the information or the right people to come to talk to them about that topic um, so and I think that's really important and the more information you have the people start joining the dots and um, the, the you know the direction becomes clearer to people What's the info hub about? How do I access this, and what are the benefits of it? Uh, again, the info hub came about from uh, surveying and asking the groups what they wanted, and and they wanted information, and they wanted it in one place. And there are a whole lot of organisations with this information. But so we went out and uh, we talked to um, sort of the levy groups, the science people anybody we could think of that had information um that that would be interesting to the, the groups um so say uh, at the moment wintering or or whatever and we said so so we said to the the um these organizations you know so what are the top three or four resources that um, people search your website for and can you give us the links to them? So we created the info hub, and the info hub's on the Thriving Southland website. Okay. Uh, so you can go there, you can look up a topic, and there's the links to all all that. So you, you can you're looking across different sectors um, and different areas rather than just at one website. So that's um, that's the info hub. Uh, yeah, and it's basically again. 
um, just um, giving people the information they're looking for. Okay. Why should one consider joining a catchment group, Richard? Do I need to be a farmer or indeed an environmentalist? <laughs> no, certainly not. Um, and w- one thing about catchment groups is they're very social. They're around uh, and they're built around people's own uh, areas. Around um, we they're not they're not all about um, the big rivers. They're about uh, this is my so this is my community, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's about understanding about 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 that that area so we have all sorts of uh, people involved in that and one of the benefits is social um mm. as i say talking um with farmers around the challenges with everything coming at them um it's great to go along and just catch up with people and talk about it and we when we get um, urban people coming in and actually seeing what's being achieved and mm. and quite often that doesn't get out there and it's mm. great to actually see everybody sat around the table talking about what they're doing and you see you know some eyes wide open and with mm. oh we never realized this sort of stuff is happening so that's um <clears throat> that's one reason to join a catchment group the other is around um you know, having getting a clearer direction of where everything's heading and what what um, what regulation looks like, or what consumers are looking at, or uh, there's a whole range of things that catchment groups look at because it's driven by them. What do they want to look at? Mm. And I did talk to um, uh, one comment I had from a farmer um, at a group, and he said, "You know, why should I get involved? Regulation's going to tell me what to do." And I said, "Well, actually." You know, if you get involved and you understand where things are heading, you will start thinking about your business and how you're going to position it and going forward or, or how, uh, and in 10 years' time, uh, when that may uh, ev- eventuate, that piece of legislation, or five years or 10 years' time, you've already thought that through. So you're already ahead of the game. So that's that's one, for, for me, that's one really good yeah. reason to be involved Yeah. I think also it's important from a ground-led-up environment like this, actually, a farmer's say and input can actually shape legislation um, if the right collective group of farmers or catchment group is involved. It's really important, in my view, that farmers are involved because they can actually have an impact at a governance level. Oh, and, and it, it never ceases to amaze me that um, when this information from farmers comes back to that governance level, there's people, oh, right, you know, they really take it on board and it and it's got a lot of power mm. uh, because it is from, it's the people with the skin in the game. It's the people um, That's right. with the businesses. And, and quite often, you know, they can be left out of the conversation, whereas a catchment group is about bringing them into the conversation. Mm. So how is Thriving South and supporting catchment groups and communities turning ideas into action? So um, Thriving South has got funding through the MPI Sustainable Land Use um, Fund and and it's a bit, uh, and MPI, um, you know, they've, we're looking at um, <coughs> where, where a group has an idea, um, it wants to look at its own cashment, firstly around understanding it, so we've got groups that are doing macroinvertebrate testing, which is a great way of understanding actually today and for the last two years what's your water been like. Uh, so projects like that, the first understanding and then saying, so what, so what we, can we do to improve? It's about constant improvement. Farmers are always improving and ca- that's why we've got catchment groups that are about constant improvement. So it's mm-hmm. looking at the Areas. But they may come up with a project uh, around understanding or looking forward. How can we best uh, best bang for our buck when we're looking at improvements, uh, either 
uh, riparian planting right through to farm systems. Uh, how you know how does my land has my land best suited to um, uh, to this catchment and you know around running it where I run my animals or it, it's sort of looking at the, those uh, things. But it comes from uh, inquiry from from farmers. It's actually they're, they're, they're wanting to know these things, so they're, they're, they're looking ahead. Um, and so we can support those projects because, you know, they can be reasonably costly to get people around the table and do some modelling work and that sort of thing. So we can actually um, support them to... Um, and it's, it's, it's really around understanding, Angus. Yeah. Mm, mm. How can people find out more or get involved, Richard? Uh, it's first, first port of call is probably the website because that's got all the information. Uh, Thriving Southland website. It's got all the information and getting involved. Just get along to a catchment group meeting. Uh, they are really social. They're not threatening, um, and and it's a real collegial approach and and sharing sharing information. Uh, so if you, you don't feel you're behind, you know everybody shares uh, what's going on. And uh, you get, and if you've got an idea for a project as well, get along to your catchment group and talk to them about it. Yeah, I know you're a busy man, so I thank you very much for your time today. Oh, thanks. It's been uh, good talking to you. Thanks, Angus. Yeah. Thank you to Richard for joining me on the show. Thriving Southland is a community-led group that is working with the community to drive positive change in the primary sector in Southland by working with farmers and supporting catchment groups. Freshwater quality in Southland has been declining in developed parts of the region, like in many regions across New Zealand, both in our urban and rural environments. Southland's 23 catchment groups provide a local community response to water quality issues specific to their area. In response to the declining freshwater quality nationally, central government has recently announced changes to the national policy statement for freshwater management new national environmental standards for freshwater and changes to the Resource Management Act. And I've talked about this many times over the past 12 months. Environment Southland and partners are currently working on a progressive implementation program that will result in a new proposed change to the current proposed Southland water and land plan that will establish freshwater objectives and set limits to implement the national policy statement for freshwater management by 31 December 2025. In general, farmers do the right thing. They are good custodians of the land and have a genuine interest in leaving their farms in a better condition than when they started. Key questions for me are, how do we achieve better environmental outcomes whilst preserving farming businesses and their bottom lines? And how do we maintain the social integrity of our rural communities. I believe that programs like Thriving Southland have the ability to achieve these things as they are farmer and community led. And as Richard said, if you have skin in the game, then you are the best person or group to be leading such significant changes. Not a politician sitting in Wellington whose only interest is trying to get re-elected next cycle. Thank you for listening and catch you next time on Factum Agri.